joining me on this podcast today. Thank you for thinking deeply and connecting honestly about the issue of women's pain. And it was definitely a pleasure to be able to discuss um, our insights based on the topic that we feel so strongly about. Thank you. Thank you, Arno. Do you want to do it again? No, oh. don't, 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 don't. I, I, She'll understand. I'm sure she's going to Do you want to do that? Way. We have time to re-record that last one if you want. If you've lost a loved one. It's because I wrote loose, so she would just read it off. Oh, okay. Do you want to re-record it? Or if you were Can to I? lose. Yeah, because I guess my, my sentence didn't make sense, to be honest. Which we have come to the conclusion that Divya has terrible grammar. If you were to L O O S D, if you were, if you lost, yeah, is that okay? So let me remove this one. Ready to say thank you again? Yeah. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. So to conclude our podcast episode today, I would like to ask you guys that if you were if you lost a loved one over an illness that could have been prevented at an early stage and it was not taken seriously because she was a female, how would you feel and how would that impact their care overall? Yeah, and that's definitely a question for you guys to think about. Uh, thank you, Ritika and Divya, for uh, joining me on the podcast today and for thinking deeply and connecting honestly about the issue of women's family. And it was definitely a pleasure to be able to discuss your insights based on a topic that we all feel so strongly about. So thank you. Thank you, Arnel. Thank you, guys. Bye for now. No, no, no. We have to listen to it Where through. Are Where are you going? Sit down. Leave. We have to give it. Sorry, Arnel. Did you have something else to add? Yeah, and just to add on to your point about which text you found more, um, more effective was that um, one of the reports that really um, stuck with me was the Journal of Law uh, by Medicine and Ethics 2001. And it kind of said how like women who seek help are less likely to be taken seriously when they report pain when, when compared to men who also report the similar pain. So that just goes to show that women are being uh, very mistreated and discriminated in the healthcare setting. Okay, so now that we have discussed and seen a few different perspectives from various experts in the articles. What do you think that your opinion is? My opinion is that doctors do neglect female patients. Maybe they're not aware. Maybe they're not sure what they're doing. I personally found that I think doctors have the impression that they're always right. That may or may not be true. But reading these articles and going through experiences in the healthcare system myself, I find that sometimes I'm not taken as seriously, whereas a male might be in that situation. Ritika, have you had anything similar happen to you? Um, not personally, but I would like to say that um, I agree with Divya's point of view that doctors do neglect um, patients, especially women patients, because they're not taken as seriously as male, like she said. Um, and also because they feel that they're always right in terms of what they say and because they've been in school longer for other than the other person, like such as patient might have been. But at the same time, I believe that the patient should have right to say and be treated the, how they want to be cared for. So Arnold, do you have a perspective since you have a male perspective? 
Um, personally, no, because I haven't been hospitalized. I haven't really encountered a doctor who has discriminated me for my gender or my, um, as I said earlier, my sisters or my mother. So it's not a topic that I can closely relate to, but yeah. Do you feel like this has opened your eyes by reading these articles? Yeah, definitely. It's something that I'll look out for more, like being a male to see if um, I, I'm getting treated more fairly. Um, just to justify the points of the authors. Uh, so, guys, can you compare and evaluate the two texts um, and which one you found more convincing because the author uses uh, rhetorical strategies? So, the article I found more convincing was the second article you read, which was the Thousands of Community Women Dismissed by the Doctors, because um, the author went into a great detail with the perspective of the mother and everything they experienced while trying to help heal the daughter before she had uh, committed the suicide that ultimately ended her life. So um, throughout the text, I, I read that um, they were visiting plenty of doctors. There, were, there was a, plenty of um, variety and perspectives of different specialists that were um, that they were seeing. And they all, most of them, if not all, were very neglected, they weren't um, the most help towards the family. So Rithika and I were actually discussing this on the side and we were saying that we also agreed with Arnell because Talia Woodbridge, who wrote the second article, uses various reports, various examples and shows a bit of impartiality. She's not 100% impartial because again, she is very much so siding with the perspective that women's pain is easily dismissed. Mm -hmm. However, the first article that just talks about the sister that had cancer, as Rithika discussed in our previous question, mm -hmm. she keeps just playing on the reader's emotions, making you feel bad that the sister had cancer. Nobody took her seriously. Whereas this gives you more examples and you're able to come to a more wholesome perspective. And just So going back to the text, how do you guys see the author using rhetorical strategies such as logos, ethos, and pathos to get their audience to think more deeply and connect with the issue of women's pain more. Ritika? The first article, My Sister Becky, overall uses the pathos strategy because the author explains the story and plays on the reader's emotion by sympathizing with her and her sister. So it's just trying to seek empathy from the readers. So speaking of the second article we read, thousands of Canadian women are dismissed by their doctors. I found that it does use pathos in trying to get the reader to sympathize with the mother and how her daughter committed suicide. It does, however, use logos as well because it gives you different examples, such as the women that had a twisted fallopian tube and wasn't taken seriously. They just thought it was kidney stones. It also gives examples of why women may not be taken seriously, which the reader can take into consideration because the doctors say that they might not be communicating as well and giving summarizations um, instead of being clear and direct like men are. She gives you perspectives from both sides, even though she is gearing towards women not being taken as seriously. I find that to be more logical than just playing on the reader's emotion. So guys, how do you think that your social location might have influenced your understanding and interpretation of the text? I think that 
it has a big perspective because we have a universal healthcare system. Arnell, do you have any other ideas about that? I'm not going to detail, but I know it is right to see specialists. And yeah, so it may be difficult for even with the universal healthcare system and the fact that we are we have access to all these um resources, not everybody will be able to get it when they exactly want to. And yeah, particularly I think that. Um, just to add on to Arnell, I feel like even when someone goes visit somebody, a doctor um, in a different province, it is difficult to access them because their laws are different according to the province, despite staying in one country and having a universal so health care system. Have you guys ever experienced um, the hospital setting in a different uh, province, a different like? So I haven't personally, I've only ever lived in Ontario. Yeah. I know that Ritika was originally from Manitoba, mm -hmm. but I don't think she's ever been to the hospital. Um, initially, when I moved to Ontario, I personally and my family faced a problem um, getting the OHIP card mm -hmm. for Ontario Health Card. And initially it was because we moved from Manitoba after 10 years and yeah. they weren't willing, they weren't like, understanding the fact that we've actually moved to a new province mm -hmm. and we're actually planning to reside in Ontario from now onwards. So it was very difficult at first, but after the proof of address and everything, it was fine. So are you um, meaning something that it was just due to being from a different province? Did you guys not experience any discrimination from gender roles, your background? Um, no. Not no. anything like that. It was just due to the fact that we were from a different province. It yeah. made it difficult because we stayed in a province for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So the Ontario did not accept the fact that we actually were planning on staying in Ontario oh. and not just getting the health card because we were in the province at that time. But speaking of gender roles, I found that sometimes even seeing older female doctors, mm -hmm. you have a sense of judgment because they've been taught in a way that's more old school. Yeah. They went to school when it's like more male dominated and that kind of stuff. It's now that we're seeing more female doctors and specialists and having more recognition. It's not enough, but it's the right step forward. As I had discussed previously, I find seeing a younger, more aware specialist or doctor to be more helpful because they have a better idea of what's going on. Divya, would you like to discuss the two articles purpose and the main message from the text, please? Of course. So the first article we read was Our Sister Becky, What If the Doctors Had Listened to Her? The author of the article, Kate Beaton, discussed the story of her sister who had cancer and passed away. Beaton speaks of her sister Becky as having done her routine examinations regularly, but not being taken seriously when she was having a lot of bleeding. The bleeding was signs of cervical cancer that ended up metastasizing, and Becky ended up passing away. The article speaks of Becky not being taken seriously and her chart having had written, Rebecca continues to be paranoid. Bean continues to discuss that this statement being a summarization of Becky's medical journey. She goes on to explain that there is a sense of feminine hysteria to the way Becky had been treated throughout her treatments. There were many helpful healthcare professionals, and Becky was also a part of the Canadian system. Being a part of the Canadian system, Becky had access to government-funded health care. And as a white, straight woman, the author concludes that she wanted to be an advocate 
for her sister Becky that she's no longer able to be. The second article that discusses thousands of women's pain in Canada, the author was Talia Woodbridge, and she discussed the story of a mother who is advocating for more awareness surrounding the illness, interstitial cystitis, a little known medical condition characterized by chronic pelvic pain and heavy pressure in the bladder. It manifests in sharp shooting pains in the pelvic region and was the reason that her daughter ended up taking her life. She had seen various specialists, various therapists, and nothing seemed to help. Her pain was sort of dismissed. It took a very long time to get a diagnosis. The diagnosis came from a female doctor. The condition wasn't very manageable and was a chronic illness. The article also used various examples as to women's pain not being taken seriously. Another example was a 2011 report examining and explaining that women's pain is less likely to be taken seriously. And another 2014 researcher that said women are less likely than men to receive more advanced diagnostic and therapeutic interventions. The author also explains that there may be other reasons to why women's pain isn't taken seriously, such as doctors not being able to handle rare cases, especially associated with women's pain, specifically mental pain and that sort of thing, as well as women may not be as direct in explaining pain. So why do you guys think the issue of women's pain is important and why is it worth discussing in our podcast? I think that the issue of women's pain is important because there are a lot of women in the world. Basically, half of us are women. Women's pain affects everybody. You either know a woman or you are a woman. And we should all be aware of how our healthcare system works. Women's pain is important to discuss in today's generation because as a woman, I should be aware of the healthcare system and being able to access how it affects a woman's brain throughout their lives. So what do you guys think about the text before you read it? Why was it important to you? Did you guys have any ideas before you read it? Well, honestly, um, I didn't know much about women's pain before reading the articles. I personally didn't have anyone close to me. Like I have two sisters um, and I live with my mother, but nobody has really gone through discrimination in the hospital setting. So to hear about an issue like this actually being... um very uh some being something that people are very uh passionate about it just made me want to learn more about it Rithika, do you have any ideas of any questions you might have now that you've read both the texts um not related to the, to the text but as a woman i feel that when i do enter the pro- public health care system at a hospital or something. Mm -hmm. I personally believe that it is very hard for a woman to express what they feel and how they feel Mm -hmm. towards a male doctor Mm -hmm. that you're seeing because the platform isn't as comfortable because they might be um, like as a woman, I feel like they might know a lot a lot of information about ourselves, but we don't know them personally on one on one level. And just adding on to that, have you guys um, personally been hospitalized and had um, a male nurse and was uncomfortable with it? 
I personally haven't been hospitalized, but I know my mother was, and she wasn't comfortable sharing the situation that she was in mm -hmm. with the male doctor that was seeing her. So we personally asked, um, requested the doctor to get a female doctor for her. Mm -hmm. So she was able to share what she feels yeah. and how it could help her for future. So I have been hospitalized mm -hmm. and I have always ended up with female doctors. Yeah. Maybe that's actively what I'm seeking or just with what's going on. I found it definitely easier with the younger female doctors to be able to mm -hmm. explain what's going on, how I feel and to have them understand because newer doctors are learning techniques of how to deal yeah. with clients and issues that are going on today. It's less old school. Welcome to Discourse, a podcast that explores multiple perspectives to think deeply and connect honestly with each other. Hello, my name is Arnal, and I'm here to say with my group members. Hi, my name is Divya. Hi, my name is Ratika. And on the agenda today, we are going to be discussing the issue of women's pain. Our goal is to raise awareness of the neglect women face in the healthcare setting solely due to the gender. The texts we are going to be analyzing are Our Sister Becky, What If Doctors Had Listened to Her by Kate Beaton for the cut-in, and thousands of Canadian women are dismissed by their doctors because of their gender by Talia Woolridge for this.